Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. You know, the mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. Ray, good Sunday morning to you, my friend. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, and welcome again to Money Wise. We're so happy to be with you on a Sunday morning and talk to you about some ideas that might be useful for your family or for your community. And today we're going to be talking about the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth and what a great resource it is in our community. But first of all, let me welcome you. Our program is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We're just north of where all that nasty construction is taking place. So if you know anything about what's happening on Fonts Corner Road, we're building a higher bridge and ripping out the lower bridge. And in fact, just recently, they started demolishing the old bridge. So don't try to drive that way. You'll be in for a big surprise. But welcome to MoneyWise, and welcome to attorney Tenny Lance, who's with us this morning. Come say hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Tenny. And Tenny, by uh, a small miracle of coincidence, is also located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth (laughs) and uh, the Lance Law, Inc. law firm. And our special guest this morning is Ben Jones from the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. He's the Director of Development for Corporations and Foundations. So welcome, Ben. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. We're going to talk today about giving to the university, and we're going to be talking about what an amazing resource we have in our community. We forget sometimes we we typically tend to take our surroundings for granted, but I wonder how many people listening to this show this morning have either taken courses at UMass Dartmouth, have graduated from the university, have relatives or students or friends. I mean, we all know somebody that has gone to the university It's an amazing resource that we have. And like everything else in life, we have to support this important resource. You know, if you think about it for a minute, think about the amazing economic impact the university has in our community. Not only does it create jobs for the people who work there, but the people who attend, all the students who attend, are learning very valuable skills, and many of them will bring those skills and that education right back into this community. So it has an amazing multiplier effect. And it's something that we all need to support all the time. Would you agree with that statement, Ben? Oh, absolutely. It's one of the most critical ways that people actually advance economically in in our country is through a college degree. UMass Dartmouth continues to have about 40% of our students who are still first-time college degree recipients in their families. So it's a key economic driver, in addition to, you know, obviously having benefit of of people being better educated and and experiencing uh, broader cultures than our own. By the way, you may or may not know, ladies and gentlemen, that in Massachusetts, we have the highest percentage of college graduates and college-educated people of any state in the country. And it's partially because of that fact that we're also considered to be one of the wealthiest states in the country. So we are the most highly educated state in the country. We're blessed to have lots of colleges and universities and community schools, uh, Bristol Community College, for example, and Fall River. But 
When you think about it, when you think about around the country, there are not a lot of cities and towns that have universities and schools of higher learning. So think of UMass Dartmouth as a resource. And then Ben, we're talking with Ben Jones uh, from the university. Uh, We have something else recently. We have a law school in the town of Dartmouth, which is now the University of Massachusetts School of Law. And that's a major accomplishment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the only people, a lot of people don't realize this, but it's the only public law university in the state of Massachusetts. And it's right here in Dartmouth. I think I knew that before, but it's always good to be reminded about that fact again. We do have a few law schools in Massachusetts, and uh, it's important. This this country, our Constitution, was founded by a lot of people with legal educations, and it is a very useful degree to have. So, Tenny, um, where did you go to law school? I went to law school at what uh, was at that point uh, Southern New England School of Law, used to be known as SNESL. But now I have a degree on my wall from the University of Massachusetts School of Law, and I'm very proud of that. So see, here's a living proof, a living example of somebody who's done well in the community by the education she's received at this fine institution. So Ben, I I know that you went to Washington University in St. Louis, and I think you majored in anthropology. Anthropology and history, correct. And history also, okay. Um, have you ever worked as an anthropologist? Uh, every day. Every day. That's so, true, I isn't mean, it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> having, a, having a background in, in anthropology and appreciating culture and, and complex organizations mm-hmm. is critical to, to my job of helping really tell the story of, of UMass Dartmouth and gaining support from corporations and foundations. Tell me really quickly, what does, what does anthropology do as a specialty, as a field? So anthropology is the study of human culture. So it's a a pretty broad discipline and incorporates a lot of of methodologies from other disciplines such as psychology and even even history. But it's taking a broad stroke look at how humans interact in in complex societies, both as individuals and as uh, cultural units within uh, within those societies. And we have a complex society today, not only in this country, but certainly in southeastern Massachusetts also, don't we? Absolutely. And it's been wonderful for me as a Midwesterner to you know, be exposed to a really diverse community with great culture, great food. I'm married to a Portuguese, Irish, Polish, uh, American. I gained 20 pounds in my first six months of uh of living in the area. Think of it all because of anthropology. Oh, yeah, all because, yeah, you, you need to be curious. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So you said you uh, were from the Midwest. Where did you grow up in the Midwest? I grew up primarily, I spent early childhood in southern Wisconsin, in, in Lake Geneva. You know, Tenny and I have had conversations about the, the snow, which is familiar to me, and then adolescence and high school in, in Peoria, Illinois. You also have something else that you hold, which is a Project Management Professional Certification. And that would involve really how to manage complex projects, I assume. Correct, correct. So I spent early career in fundraising and then ended up getting involved in internet entrepreneurship primarily because I had really smart, geeky friends who knew how to do smart, geeky things but weren't necessarily good at talking to people or figuring out how to get things done 
when as a fundraiser you learn to do those those two things sure so part of the you know part of the path uh, before returning to fundraising was being involved in a number of different internet startups and project management professional certification was part of really honing that that skill set well I think I have to sit down and have some private conversations with you um, after the show because we're we are also involved in helping to raise funds for the annual stewardship campaign at the church that we go to, the Dartmouth Congregational Church on Middle Street. And it's kind of a daunting task when you start to ask people to give money, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, in your job as a director of development with uh, the foundation, um, you uh, specialize in dealing with outside corporations and outside foundations. Is that correct? Right. So does that mean your approach to raising money uh, for the university um, is dealing with outside forces of business entities and foundations as opposed to individuals? Or do you work with individuals also? Well, at the end of the day, it's still about relationships. Mm-hmm. So we, we are stronger in, in our fundraising approach with corporations and foundations where we have uh, alumni and friends who might be either uh, in leadership roles within those corporations, as is the case with many, many, as you can imagine, it seems like every uh, every CEO in the area has gone to the Charlton College of Business at, sure. at one point uh, or yep. another. So we have really strong connections with the business community through that. And even with foundations, you know, a lot of times people think of them as these you know, magical, faceless, you know, pots of money, but they're still people. Of course. And uh, many of them have uh, boards of trustees that we may have connections with through, you know, through our alumni uh, and, and friends. But the, I guess one of the different aspects of, of this particular job is that most foundations, for example, are very clear about what their criteria for giving are mm-hmm. so that the, the relationship is much more, I guess, in the business world, like a, like a business-to-business uh, relationship, if you will, mm-hmm. than a, a business-to-consumer relationship. So we have the university. We have the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. And then we have the foundation as well, correct? The University of Massachusetts Foundation. And are those two distinct entities? We are, we are actually a, a foundation that exists solely to support the, the university. Okay. We, we're actually integrated into the management of the of the university in terms of our structure. All right, good. So what happens with the money that gets raised by your efforts and what you do? Does it help to support scholarships, for example, for uh, kids that can't afford to go to school? The bulk of money raised, it does go to scholarships to mm-hmm. help underprivileged, economically disadvantaged students even attend college. Probably the second biggest percentage of funding goes to support those students. You know, once they're there, with either extra tutoring, mm-hmm. extra support, some of the things that you know a, a student at maybe UMass Amherst might not need because they're coming from a, a more uh, from a family where everyone's gone to college. Again, right. Because we have so many students who are first time in their family to go to college. It's be an adjustment. We try to make sure that we get them there. We provide the financial support that they need 
to even attend college, and then also make sure that they have the academic and even social support to succeed in, in attaining a degree. Well, many decades ago when I went to college, um, there wasn't a lot of scholarship money around. There were some student loan programs at that time, but um, my parents couldn't afford to send me to school. They paid $2,000 total towards my education. And basically, when I went to college, I worked, I had some student loans, and I put myself through college, basically. And then when I went through law school, um, again, they didn't support me at all for law school, but I had something very important to help me go to law school, and that was uh, Tenny, who actually got a Ph.D. When I got my law degree, she got a Ph.D. degree, which was called Putting Hubby Through. And boy, was I angry when I got that. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the days before it was politically uh, correct to say things like that, or it was still politically correct to say those things. Today... I mean, it would be highly insulting. But and the it fact was is, then to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, she worked while I went to school. In fact, the um, one of my impetuses for wanting to go to law school was getting that PhD because I wanted eventually to get the same level of education that Ray did. And her her degree was called. Now it's my turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, supporting our university is so critical and. I think that the most important thing we can invest in in this country is education, period. One thing that the um, older community in New Bedford may not be aware of, but um, it's a wonderful thing, I think, is that, and I don't know the details, but I believe that when you turn 65, you can attend classes for free at the university. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. At either BCC or UMass Dartmouth. Yep. That's a great resource, and a lot of people aren't aware of that. The difference is that it can't be just a continuing education course at night. It has to be a degree course or a course that would lead to a potential degree. But if you have interest late in life and you're over 65, ladies and gentlemen, this is a a huge resource that's available to you. Maybe you didn't finish a college degree and it's a goal. Go back and finish. Go back to the university. They will sit down with you and figure out what credits you need and, and help you get there. A huge resource. I was I was uh, fortunate enough to take a Civil War course at the university. I haven't been able to find the time to take advantage as much as I'd like of that program, but the Civil War course was wonderful. And you know, Phil, as we were talking about recently, um, one of the cheapest, I mean, one of the most frugal people I know is <laughs> attorney Tenny Lance. So when it comes to things frugal or saving money or the word free... Uh, she ought to have the word free emblazoned across her forehead. Free is good. <laughs> Except when giving is involved charities, and that's what we want to get back to, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> so we're talking with uh, Ben Jones, who's the Director of Development for Corporations and Foundations at our very important university. Now, what if somebody is listening today, and we're near the end of the year, and they would like to make a donation, maybe in memory of somebody, a child who's passed away, and they would like to make a contribution to the university. Could they do that through you or through the development office, or how would they do that? So probably, probably the, easiest, the easiest way to do that would be to simply call the development office directly, which is 
8200. Okay. And that and that gets you directly through to the you know the the fundraising folks and they can help walk you through. You can also give online mm-hmm. and you can also, you know, send checks directly to UMass Dartmouth at 285 Old Westport Road, North Dartmouth, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. 02747. I suspect that somebody would be willing, somebody from the university would also be willing to go and sit down and talk with somebody at their house or their place of business, for example. Yeah, a- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And by the web, the, uh, the website, by the way, for the university is uh, www.umassd.edu. So that's a general website if you'd like more information. But Ben, I know you do a lot of work with um, corporations and with other foundations. So are there other foundations that exist that would be contributors to the university? We have a tremendous support from you know, many local you know, family foundations who give you know, regularly to support scholarships for students and you know, even programmatic activities. We just, we just received a nice gift from the Island Foundation to help underwrite a conference on coastal resiliency. In, in the in the face of, uh, of of climate change, and that conference is going on, actually in uh, uh, it's probably already it's going on this December. Um, so, yeah, we get a lot of great support from local family foundations for scholarships and programmatic needs on campus, and there are also a lot of national foundations who fund specific research activities or faculty who are you know, early in their career and looking for support for uh, for research. Okay. So it's nice to know that there are, are other public or private foundations that will also use part of their resources to contribute to the university. There's nothing more important to invest into uh, than education, as I said earlier, and I'm a very strong believer in that. You know, Michael Bloomberg, um, who's the uh, former mayor of New York City and a very wealthy uh, gentleman, said, the truth of the matter is you can create a great legacy and inspire others by giving it to philanthropic organizations. And that would apply to anybody who's listening today. There are so many ways that we can benefit. Um, there's two things that I believe in very strongly. One is the importance of education, and two, uh, doing something, anything that will help children. So, for example, in my office, we're actively involved in the United States Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program. And this is the time of year for their annual drive. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I happened to be out near the front desk area. We have a Toys for Tots box. Um, and it was about two-thirds full. And I had a gentleman come in with somebody who looked like it might have been his daughter. And they each had a very large white trash bag filled to the top with Christmas presents. And they brought in two huge bags of presents that not only filled the collection box that we have, but it overtopped it. So now we have additional uh, toys there as well. So this is the time of year, ladies and gentlemen, when you can also make a contribution to the Marine Corps Toys for Tots program. And there are collection spots in lots and lots of locations. I'm going to describe some of those in a few minutes. One of them is at our office, 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. If you'd like to do something to make a holiday season brighter for a young child who may not have anything or very little, bring an unwrapped new toy to our office, 
or to the state police barracks on uh, Fonts Corner Road. And I'll describe some of the other locations in a few minutes. This program, by the way, has been around for more than 50 years. And a long time ago, a long, long time ago in a far corner of the universe, when I was in the Marines, we used to actually take used toys and paint them and fix them up. But today it's new unwrapped toys. You can do something very helpful. This is the season to do it. So we'll come back in a few minutes and talk about that. Um, I want to give you another quotation about giving because I like to do quotations, Ben, in case you didn't know about that. Uh, George Burns. Phil, do you know George Burns? Do I ever know George Burns? Well, George Burns said once, when you stop giving, giving and offering something to the rest of the world, it's time to turn out the lights. Thank you, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're here talking this morning with uh, attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc., and also Ben Jones from the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth, who's Director of Development for Corporations and Foundations. So, Ben, let me come back to you for a minute and ask you, when you and we're going to talk about some real technical things uh, right after the break, by the way, about how to do charitable remainder trust and, and uh, plan giving uh, in general and things of that nature. But um, do you actually visit with some local corporations in the area to talk to them about ways in which they can make donations to the university? Yeah, I'm, I'm out and about, as Tenny knows, in, in uh, everywhere business, uh, you know, business organizations are gathering. And, so, and, and some of that is with the you know, ultimate intent of, of looking for philanthropic opportunities for the university. But as you mentioned earlier in the show, you know, the university is also a, a tremendous resource in the in the community. Huge. And you know, we like to make sure that we're out hearing from the business community itself ways that we can be helping them, making them aware of you know, different you know, degree programs that we have, as well as the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship for you know, folks in the business community who may need a, a place to incubate their their business. So it, it's really a it's really a collaboration. It is indeed, and um, everybody needs to contribute. Um, even if you haven't gone to the university, there are ways you can contribute. If you're a business owner, for example, you definitely want to be in touch with Ben because he can show you some ways that you can give immediately, you can give over time. Do you do any work with uh, charitable pledges at all where somebody says, I'm willing to give, but I'm going to give over a period of time, and so I'll sign a pledge agreement with you, and I'm going to give you you know, $5,000 a year for the next five years or something of that nature. Do you ever do that? Yeah, abs absolutely. And, that, and that's the way many, if not most, of our you know, most significant gifts are made to the university is people do them anywhere from, you know, three to t even ten years mm -hmm. to, you know, make the commitment but make it work within their, their budgets, whether it's an individual, a corporation, or a, you know, or a foundation. And does your office also deal with the area of planned giving where somebody might leave um, property or money in their will or in their trust or their estate plan to the university? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, we actually have uh, planned giving uh, you know, resources that we share within the University of Massachusetts system. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's becoming a, a more and more popular way for people to expand their their, their legacy and their, their connection with their hometown university. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Teddy and I both graduated from Clark University in Worcester, and we've got something interesting coming up next May, don't we? Oh, gosh. I don't know if you'd call it interesting. It's our it? 50th <laughs> anniversary of our graduation, and Ray and I are class agents for this event. 50 um, years since we graduated from college. We were, we were only 13 years old when we graduated, <laughs> you see. Child prodigies, yes. <laughs> uh, we loved Clark. I loved uh, UMass School of Law. So it's a wonderful place. And we'll put that on her headstone as well. I want to give you one more quote from uh, Albert Einstein, who said, It is every man's obligation to put back into the world at least the equivalent of what he takes out of it. Boy, if everybody did that, wouldn't that be an amazing world to live in? But we're talking with uh, Attorney Tenny Lance. We're going to talk about some specific ideas relating to how you can set up a plan in your estate plan, your will, your trust. And we're also talking with Ben Jones from University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some very specific things you can do for charitable remainder trust and charitable gift annuities and plan giving. So please stay tuned. We're going to have some really fascinating things and fun things to talk about. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. It's our mission at USA Wealth Group to bring the show to you every week. And we like to talk to you about ways in which you can protect your family and protect your money. And today we're talking about some ways that you can protect your community by supporting your local university University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. So welcome back, Ben Jones, Director of Development uh, for Corporations and Foundations at UMass Dartmouth. Good to be here. And welcome back, Attorney Tenny Lance. Thank you. I'm glad to be here also. So, Tenny, let me ask you a question uh, real quickly about something called a charitable remainder trust. Um, I know you've done a fair amount of work in that area, and I've also done a lot of work with charitable remainder trust over the years and this is an interesting way in which you can take money or take an asset, let's say it's real estate or stocks or bonds, and maybe you don't want to sell it, or if you do want to sell it, you don't want to pay taxes. And so one of the things that you can do is you can take that asset and you can transfer it into something called a charitable remainder trust, CRT. And then it can be sold by the CRT without any immediate tax uh, impact. So you avoid having to pay capital gains tax or income tax that you would otherwise pay if you simply sold the asset. And then what you do is inside this charitable remainder trust, it's set up so that you can create a source of income for you, either for your lifetime or for a specific period of time, like a 20-year term certain, in the case of a charitable remainder annuity trust. But then this also provides that at the end, there has to be a possibility or a probability that at least 10% of what you put in initially is going to end up going to a charity of your choice. So this is a way that you can leave money for charity. You can get an income source during your lifetime, and you're going to be saving some taxes as well. Now, when you receive income from the CRT during your lifetime, you'll pay income taxes on the money that you're drawing out, depending upon you know, what you put in and what your cost basis was and so forth. But the important thing is at the end, you can designate a charity. And by the way, if you've already set one of these things up and maybe you don't like the charity any longer, you can change the charity. So you could make it 
University of Massachusetts and Dartmouth, for example. Um, a CRT can be a really useful tool for people that want to sell something and not pay taxes and still end up doing something good for charity at the end. And you've done some of those, haven't you, Jenny? Yes, we have. And and when I talk to people about charitable remainder trusts, uh, they often have an initial um, uh, poor reaction to that because they think that they are giving outright immediately all of their funds to a charity. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of a misnomer to have it called a charitable remainder trust. What they are really doing is saving themselves capital gains taxes. They're creating an income stream for themselves, and ultimately they're benefiting the charity, but they will also undoubtedly save on estate taxes. So there are lots of personal reasons why people should want to help a charity in this way. Ben, at the university, do you see people ever who have done uh, charitable remainder trust where they might have named the university at the end as, as a beneficiary? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's been a, another way that people you know, continue their legacy and relationship with the university. And there are lots of other ways you can benefit the university as well. For example, you can do it with life insurance. You can set up um, a life insurance policy, for example, Let's say you have more money than what you need and you've taken money out of an IRA account, for example. And I see people occasionally, not everybody, obviously, who say, I wish I didn't have to take money from my IRA account because I really don't need the money and I have to pay income taxes on it. Well, I don't feel sympathetic for them because on the one hand, they've got a lot of money. On the other hand, uh, they've had the benefit of tax deferral the whole time the money's been sitting in their IRA account. But you know what? Here's how you could multiply the value of that money if you don't need it. So let's say you have an IRA account. You don't need the money, but you must take the distribution because you're more than 70 and a half. Well, when you take the money out, put aside the money for the taxes and take the extra money that you don't really need in your budget and put it into a life insurance policy. And you can have the life insurance beneficiary be the university, for example, University of Massachusetts. And that's a great way to create a legacy. And you're taking what is a small amount of distribution from an IRA account, and you're using it to create a larger death benefit inside of a life insurance policy. And because those proceeds are going to go to a charitable beneficiary, the university, it's not going to be taxable in your state. It's not going to be taxable for income purposes, life insurance never is anyway, but what a great way to leave a benefit for your university. So that's something that people can do. You know, Ben, there's been a lot in the news recently about people, uh, started with uh, Bill Gates, uh, you know, multi-multi-billionaire, uh, Microsoft developer, owner, giving away the bulk of his fortune, and Warren Buffett has done the same thing. They've... Um, transferred stock to their private foundations to be used for charitable purposes. It was just recently, in the last week or so, announced uh, that the Zuckerbergs are doing the same thing. Uh, um, Mark Zuckerberg, who created uh, Facebook, and his wife just recently announced they're going to give away 99% of their stock into a private foundation to be used for charitable purposes. What a remarkable gift. What a remarkable thing to do. So 
If there's any recent graduate of UMass Dartmouth who's on their way to making a fortune, think about the university. Do you find that a lot of students contribute to the university, contribute back? There could always be more. <laughs> there could always be more. You know, and, yes. and I'm actually I'm, I'm glad you know, I'm glad you asked that question too, because I think a lot of times students and, and young alums, you know, especially think, well, how's my money gonna make a difference? Good. Yep. And even if it's a, you know, if you're a, a, a young grad, even and I did this when I when I graduated, and I, you know, I, I was able to go to college because of scholarships. And even when I was making nothing, I still did at least 25 bucks a year to my alma mater, you know, primarily with the idea that one of the ways that you grow the value of your degree is investing in your university. And one of the ways that your university grows in prestige is by particip participation rates of yeah. alums. The, so higher the, the higher the percentage of alumni who contribute, it makes a big difference. Um, so even if it is a small amount, it's just a great habit to get into. And I think what you said, Ben, is, is really true of UMass Dartmouth. Uh, when we first came down to this neck of the woods, uh, it was a, uh, a school that was, I think, not ranked very highly. Now UMass Dartmouth has tremendous prestige all over the country. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit if you... Maybe you know some of those statistics. They're very interesting. Yeah, it's really it's 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 quite impressive, and and not just nationally but internationally. We we attract students to College of Engineering, for example, from around the world, and we're consistently ranked uh, among the top fifty engineering colleges in the in the country. College of Business, Charlton College of Business, has made a tremendous impact in a really you know, short period of time and becoming a, a similarly ranked you know, business program. And I think that with the you know, provisional and hopefully you know, official permanent accreditation of the, you know, of the law school, we'll see people appreciating the, the quality of education that, that our you know, law school provides as well. Mm -hmm. And in order to gain this kind of ranking and prestige, there have to be uh, certain numbers of, uh, of monetary uh, backing. Uh, again, getting back to the importance of giving to your school or your local university. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so terribly important. And there are a lot of ways you can do it. You can do it in a will. You can do it in a trust. Uh, Tenny helps a lot in that area. By the way, Tenny, how does somebody reach you if they have interest in putting something into an estate plan? We'd be very happy to talk with you at 508 nine nine eight 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 zero zero we're located almost across from the law school on fonts corner road in dartmouth and there are other ways you can give as well you can do something called a charitable gift annuity let's say that you are maybe a retired person and you have some assets and money and you need more income but you'd like to benefit the university at the same time you can do something called a charitable gift annuity and every college and university does this uh, do you work in that area yourself, Ben? I, I don't. That's okay. Not, that's not my. That's a specialized. Plan giving would do that. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, I'll tell people a little bit about how it works. Uh, essentially, you make a gift to a charity, in this case the university, and they agree to give you back a certain percentage amount of income for the rest of your life. 
And then what happens is when the person dies, the balance of the money in that charitable gift annuity goes to the university as a gift. And uh, there's some tax deduction abilities on that. And uh, it's also an asset that's not part of your estate any longer. So it's a great way to create income if you need an income source. And anyone at the university plan giving office, for example, could sit down and help you calculate and tell you exactly what the percentage of interest you or return you would be getting back. And it's not exactly like an investment because you're taking the money and turning it over to the recipient, uh, and they in turn are going to give you back an income source. And they've got to invest the money and and hope that you're, well, they're going to plan, I should say, that you're not going to live beyond X amount of age, so the money is going to last. Um, uh, but it's it's a great thing to take a look at. I, I had the pleasure of doing that once for a woman whose husband had graduated from the university. Um, he was killed in one of the wars, um, but the estate was quite large, and she made a $500,000 gift to Boston University in memory of her husband, and it was set up as a charitable gift annuity. And so she got a percentage of that money coming back to her every year as an income source, but she also had the pleasure of doing something that was meaningful to her in memory of her deceased spouse who went there. So it doesn't even have to be the person who went to the school. It can be a family member. But there are many, many ways that one can give money to a university and help support uh, a great organization like UMass Dartmouth or BCC or whatever it happens to be. And Tenny can uh, tell you some ways to do that, and uh, I'm also happy. There's no cost to sit down and discuss it, by the way. So Absolutely. Give us a call at um, USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to give you more information. You know, Ben, uh, you've heard of Martin Luther King Jr.? Absolutely. He said, life's persistent and most urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And I thought that was a great quotation. You know, in the end, it's not how little you have, how much you have. It's really how you live your life and what are you doing to help your community? What are you doing to help your university? And boy, I can think of you know, lots of ways to spend your money, but I can't think of anything better than contributing to the university. I know there's a giving society at UMass Dartmouth. It's called the Campanile. Is that how you pronounce it, society? Have you heard? Um, it's, it's maybe that's under the planned giving section. Um, I was reading a little bit about that, and um, they do, um, they have a list of people who donate money, and, and they recognize them and so forth. By the way, do you know my friend Claire Carney? I have met Claire. She is around the university often. Yeah, she's a she's a uh, very famous person at the university. She's been a very significant donor. Uh, Remarkable lady. Very generous at lady. At age ninety something. Yep, um, I've known Claire for oh, I don't know twenty five or thirty years, I guess, and she's a resource and an asset all by herself at the university. And the primary library at the university is named in her honor. Um, but in any event, um, do you do things to um, evaluate charities? Um, and do you are you familiar with certain softwares that evaluate charities or charitable organizations? Do you work in that area at all? Well, as 
as an individual, I'm, I'm always when I'm making my own, you know, charitable decisions at the at the end of the year. You know, I like to take a look at how they're performing. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way you would if you're investing in stock. If you, right. think of, if you think of making a charitable contribution and you know using your money wisely, you know you want to make sure that you're giving it to an organization that's using that money uh, that money wisely. And there there's some there's some great resources uh, available at, online that are free. CharityNavigator.com is. Mm-hmm. Is one of those, and they have a pretty clear breakdown of the performance of different nonprofit uh, organizations. Uh, there's another one called CharityWatch.org, which is um, which actually it's a subscription service, and they 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 really do a, a more in-depth analysis. It's almost like having a you know having an analyst check out a stock for you. Mm. And they they actually give grades, and if you really like to dig into this stuff yourself, there's a there's a website called uh, GuideStar.org where you can actually see the the tax documents that nonprofits are required to submit. Well, that's interesting. Well, I'll definitely be using some of those resources. Uh, there have been charities that have been important to me in my past. Uh, uh, for example, when I was eight and a half years old, I was in the middle of the largest tornado ever to hit the state of Massachusetts. And it killed 95 people in central Massachusetts in Worcester. And my dad was in Korea at the time, and the American Red Cross flew him back from Korea. And we lost everything in that particular tornado. Uh, We lost every scrap of furniture and clothing we had. Everything was totally filled with glass and impregnated with glass. You could salvage nothing. And we lived with my grandparents for a short while, but the American Red Cross helped. So I've always been very sympathetic to helping the American Red Cross. I love the Salvation Army. 96% of every dollar that goes to the Salvation Army is used to help people. Only 4% goes for admin costs, administrative costs. So if you're going into a store and you see the red buckets, um, put some money in the red buckets. It really helps people a huge amount, especially at this time of year. Given my background, I have to put a, a, a little uh, peg in here for Girl Scouts uh, of Eastern Massachusetts, where I was a development director like Ben for 16 years. Uh, the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts are wonderful charities. You know, I think we uh, define ourselves as people and as a culture, talking about anthropology as a country, by how much we give to help other people. And Americans are very generous givers. I did hear recently, Ben, that um, Massachusetts is in the top 10 states in the country in terms of the generosity of people that give to charities. And that was, you know, good news. That was good to hear. So this is the season, ladies and gentlemen, when you need to support your local charities, absolutely, but by all means, you need to support University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. Uh, they invest in this community and the training, the education they provide to their students, the public programs they provide, um, the general cultural events that they put on are a very valuable resource. And if you'd like to make a contribution to the university, get in touch with uh, Ben or get in touch with the Plan Giving Office 
at the university. And what's your telephone number, by the way, Ben? We're going to give a lot of calls to you. Yeah, my, my direct line is 508-999-8077. Right. And the website for the university, by the way, is www.umassd.edu. But for uh, businesses who are listening today, businessmen, business people who are listening today, do something for the university within your own corporation. There are many, many ways you can contribute. You can be a part of some of the programs they're doing. And everything you invest in the university, ladies and gentlemen, will come back to you and your community um, multiple times over. So strong believer in that. I also want to put in a brief plug for the Toys for Tots program once again. Uh, this is the time of year when there are a lot of kids that need toys. Uh, the First Lady of the United States has endorsed the Toys for Tots program. There's a long history for Toys for Tots. It was begun by the United States Marine Corps Reserve uh, program, and um, it has a history going back a little over 50 years, believe it or not. It's been around that long. Um, there are our Toys for Tots program. They do a great job distributing the toys and everything else. In our area right now, it's done by the Marine Corps League, by the way, because we don't have a local reserve operation uh, close by. Um, do something to help somebody else this time of year. Um, ben, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, um, well, I'm going to give you one more quotation first. Um, this is an American president, and um, he happened to be American president around the time of the Civil War. So you have to guess who this American president was. He said, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. And that's my religion. That sounds like Abraham Lincoln. That was Abraham Lincoln. What a great guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, he was a really interesting man. But I, I like the uh, quotations. There's some interesting things. Um, some of them are from famous people that we know, like John D. Rockefeller said, Think of giving not only as a duty, but as a privilege. And Eleanor Roosevelt said, when you cease to make a contribution, you begin to die. And then Theodore Roosevelt, one of my all-time favorite characters in American history, did some amazing things, said, do what you can with what you have where you are. In other words, we can all contribute and we can all make a difference. And we need to make it locally. Uh, we are so fortunate in this community to have the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth right here, right available to all of us. And we've got a lot of uh, useful resources that we're happy to share as well. Um, I've got some interesting things on uh, plan giving and charitable giving. You can give property. You can give stock. Uh, there are some income tax limits on the amount you can give or the amount you can deduct We'll be happy to go through that with you. If you have any questions, you can do a bargain sale. Um, let's say you want to sell something, but you don't really, you're not able to sell it. You can sell it at a bargain sale price to something like the university, and they can turn, in turn, can take it out and sell it at a higher price, which is the real fair market value, and they will pocket some cash when they do that. But you'll still get a write-off for part of what you have given not the part that you sell, but the part that you have given. You'll get a value for that. Charitable gift annuities are uh, very, very useful ways to do. And, Tenny, just say really quickly, you must have seen a lot of people in doing trust and wills to uh, put 
provisions in their estate plan for charity. Well, it's a worthy thing to do, and it's a sensible thing to do for tax reasons. Um, People often um, who have large estates realize that they are going to pay estate taxes if they do something charitable, either while they are alive or in their estate provisions, then they can save themselves and their family taxes. So it's, it's a plus plus all around. So do something for somebody else. Do something for the university in particular. Um, go online and look at uh, www.umassd.edu and find out ways in which you can help support your university. Uh, give Ben Jones a call at 508-999-8077. He's the Director of Development for Corporations and Foundations. And do something else. Ben, thank you very much for being with us today. Your university where you work is such an important resource to us all. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And I hope everyone has a great holiday season. Thank you. And Tenny, thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you, folks. And ladies and gentlemen, as we leave you another week, we would like to remind you to stay tuned. We're going to have some special holiday music coming up soon. And uh, from all of us at USA Wealth Group at 352 Fonts Corner Road, we want to say Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, and thank you so much for listening. We will see you again on the radio real soon.